0: Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. Today, we're going to have a great conversation with representatives from Lorenzo's house, and we're going to hear from youth voices on their mission who have parents who have been diagnosed with a form of dementia at a very young age, and we're going to learn how it affects them and how Lorenzo's house is supporting them. For those of you that are new to our show, Alzheimer Speaks is about sound information, not just sound bites. We like to talk with people all around the world. So maybe, just maybe, you can be our next guest. Everyone is welcome. I would encourage you to check out alzheimerspeaks.com. We have one whole section that is just free educational resources. We also have a book tab if you're interested. We've got a children's book called Betty the Bald Chicken Lessons in How to Care, which has a bunch of questions in it. Uh, it just really opens up the conversation. So feel free to check that out. I'll be doing a film screening of A Timeless Love and a talk back, and that will be held on May 17th and June 10th. You can call the YMCA in Andover, Minnesota at 763 230 9622 for more information and i also want to give a shout out to mods awards their um, application process is closing may 15th and uh, mods ventures that give seed money to uh, new dementia ideas closes uh, july 14th as well And last shout out is to dementia map. Please check that out. We have over 150 different categories. You can search there. Well, hi everyone. I am so excited to have this conversation. This has been in the brewing for some time here now, and we're going to have a lot of fun. And I think we're going to give a lot of hope to people too. Um, Lorenzo's house is just meeting such a huge gap in the industry and we are gonna to get to hear from the people who have tapped into this and are, are truly powerhouses and not only helping themselves by being there, but helping others as well. So I'm gonna have everybody introduce themselves And then we'll go ahead and get started with the the show. So Diana, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, please? Sure, sure. First, thank you,
1: Lori, so much. We're honored to be back. You're so dear to to allow us back second time now. So my name is Diana, Diana Shula-Kos, and I'm the founding
0: executive director at Lorenzo's House. Wonderful. Thank you. And Bree, I'm going to go to you next.
2: Yes, echoing what Diana said, Lori, thank you so much again for having us here today. Um, My name is Brie Ruge. I'm the lead of programs and development here at Lorenzo's house. Um, I have the privilege of building um, programs and relationships with youth and care partners, um, holding that uh, personal connection um, of Alzheimer's in my family and walking alongside um, families every single day. Um, and my connection to Lorenzo's house is I met Diana through my senior year internship through Loyola University of Chicago and you know just fell in love with Diana and the work that Lorenzo's house is doing um, and just has I've been connected ever since.
3: Wonderful thank you. Shaila you want to introduce yourself? Hi there my name is Shaila Tiara, and I am from Vancouver Canada I am a former young caregiver to my father who was diagnosed with younger onset Alzheimer's and I am also a part of the young professionals board uh, at Lorenzo's house and I'm also the MC for the third annual youth summit as well.
0: Oh fantastic,
3: thank you and Will, how about you?
4: Hi, uh, I'm Will, I'm from the UK, the other side of the pond. yeah, my mum lives with uh, young onset Alzheimer's. Uh, I'm not a primary carer. My, my dad and my sister are. Um, but yeah, I kind of got involved with Lorenzo's house fairly recently and recently became a part of the Young Professionals Board. But I'm really trying to be a part of the kind of shifting the narrative and, and trying to advocate for change within the subject.
0: Thank you. So, Jessica, you're up. You want to go ahead and introduce yourself, please?
5: So, I'm Jessica Christensen. I'm 13 years old and from Utah. I have been with Lorenzo's house for about one and a half years. And my dad was diagnosed two years ago with younger onset Alzheimer's. And um, I've been participating in my club and I've um, gone to a youth summit and I've just really enjoyed being a part of Lorenzo's house.
0: Thank you. And that reminds me, I am going to ask Will on your age, if you don't mind sharing.
4: Yes, yeah, sure. I'm uh, 23.
0: Okay, and Shyla, how about you? I'm 26. Okay, and I won't ask the staff. No. <laughs> so, um, Diana, I'm going to go up to you and just ask you to first tell us a little bit about Lorenzo's House, how it got started, and um, you know how you've been personally touched by dementia as well.
1: So, Lorenzo's House um, was founded on a love story, like. There are dozens and dozens of love stories in this space. Um, I got lucky with love and found Lorenzo the night I moved to Chicago over 35 years ago. Today we have two sons and what I call this diagnosis of the family. And my husband was diagnosed with younger onset Alzheimer's um in 2017, but symptoms were um were were there years before. We learned very quickly. I learned very quickly that there really is no space, no place for younger families who are walking with dementia. While there were pockets of light, there wasn't one place where we could land and find each other. And so I imagine this place called Lorenzo's house, a place that people um, who look like us younger with Alzheimer's um, could go and feel supported and connected and seen and heard and inspired by each other's stories, by each other's insights, Um, And by building out an alliance, a community, a family, Um, because we really are, as a younger niche in this dementia space, we are sort of this unseen, misunderstood, misdiagnosed, undiagnosed, under-resourced group. And there's this massive uptick. Um, 200% uptick in those diagnosed, a recent Blue Cross Blue Shield report shows of those diagnosed before the age of 65, which is younger onset Alzheimer's, not early onset, younger, because early insinuates a stage in the disease, younger, and insin- it shows and it reveals that it's younger time in one's life. So Lorenzo's house um, was founded in my son's bedroom out of Chicago in 2020. One, Uh, two and a half years later, Lori, I am, I never imagined that we would be growing at this pace. And it both makes me very, very emotional. And it also, um, because there's such a need and families are feeling so isolated. And yet, it's such a beautiful thing that we're finding each other. So that's kind of frames it. And then we'll talk about sort of, our, our our three pillars, our three rays, one of which is our youth initiatives, um, which is why you have Shyla and, and and Jessica and Will with us today.
0: Okay, great. Thank you. And Brie, I want to ask you how you got involved with Lorenzo's house and if you've been personally touched by dementia as well.
3: Yeah,
2: so um, I was, I was connected. So My connection to Alzheimer's was, um, back when I was younger, um, Alzheimer's runs within my dad's side of the family too. And, um, I always knew that I wanted to do something in this space from a young age to really make a difference. And, um, just knowing that, so I was exploring different career options and I, um, obtained my, um, um my degree in healthcare administration, knowing that I could do something from the top, you know, everything that starts from the top trickles down to really make a difference. Um, and through my senior year internship at Loyola, Loyola University of Chicago, I had, um, the opportunity to, you know, explore a few different options of through my internship. And, um, I met Diana and, um, you know, she was like, "I, I, I um, I, we're just launching um this place called Lorenzo's House." Um, I never even heard about um younger onset before and what that was, and just her personal story and her connection and her family. It just it really touched my heart too. Um, and then as I mentioned earlier, you know, I I met Diana like two Two and a half years ago, and have been with lorenzo 's house ever since and I'm just so honored to be walking us uh, alongside her family and so many other families
0: Great, thank you, Sheila. I want to ask you um, a if there's anything you want to talk you know about your uh, your being touched by dementia at such a young age and your loved one and then also i'd love to hear how you found out about lorenzo 's house because that's always such a struggle you know, to find out. So I think it would be helpful for our audience to to hear that as well.
3: Sure. Yeah. So um, my father was diagnosed with younger onset Alzheimer's when I was 18 years old, and he was in his early 50s. Um, I was also a caregiver for him for a while. So I was a full time university student. And I would go to my classes in the morning, and then I would come home and look after my father until my mom got home from work. So that was that was a really big thing in my life. And it was really hard to, to do that. And then later on, my dad did get care, but now he is in a long-term care facility. Um, And so for a long time, I didn't open up about my journey. And then about two years ago, I started a blog on Instagram, highlighting my journey as a uh, former young caregiver and uh, just navigating my journey with my father's diagnosis. And Originally, it was just kind of a platform to me to like talk about how I was feeling and just kind of blogging about it because that was that was really helpful for me to just get my feelings out. And then it just gained traction and I started getting more followers and people relating to my journey, which was truly amazing. And then, yeah, so I actually stumbled upon Lorenzo's house accidentally. And to me, I feel like it was fate. It was just meant to be. And I just randomly stumbled upon them. And then I started checking out their posts. And I was like, oh, my goodness, like, they're catered towards youth. I was like, I've never, um, I've never found an organization like this before. And then I remember I DM would them and I reached out and I was just like, how old do you have to be to be in these light clubs? And then um, they told me the age range. And I'm like, yes, I qualify for this. And then since then I I've been a part of Lorenzo's house and it's been such an amazing journey. And I'm, I'm so happy that I, I accidentally stumbled upon them. It's been, it's been great.
0: Oh, it's interesting that you talked about blogging. Cause that was kind of my first step into this world too. I was urged by people to, to step in and I'm like, what do I know? You know? And then I started you know, blogging. And I was shocked, you know, how people are connected. I, I wasn't big on the whole social media thing and realized how powerful that was. So kudos for, for you for stepping up, stepping out and, um, you know, sharing the emotional journey that this really is. Um, well, how about you? Is there anything that you would like to share about your loved one? And then again, tell us how you got connected to Lorenzo's house.
4: Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, my mum was diagnosed at uh, 49, so I was uh, 16, nearly 17. Um, and at the time I was about to move away from home, I believe, uh, for the first time and kind of, yeah, I was I was sort of torn between do I stay home and, and kind of be there for her every day or do I kind of uh, speed up the the process of chasing dreams or all that sort of stuff to try and make her proud? And uh, the reality was it was neither, it was somewhere in the middle. Um, my sister, who's a little bit older than me, she she kind of became my mum's carer. I mean things. I mean yeah. But to be honest, my mum was kind of branded with with a period of five years uh, at, at the beginning, and and that that you know we're now at seven, thankfully. So we're we're kind of live, living on 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 time that was told there was once impossible. So um, but yeah, like I've kind of kept it in a box for for many of those years, um, and my way of coping was doing kind of seemingly. Uh, somewhat idiotic physical challenges to try and raise money for research. That was my way of coping. It was taking my place, uh taking myself to a place where, you know, I'm kind of stripped back and in, in physical challenge to try and, you know, do something productive for for a cause related to the issue. But literally at the start, that's it, start of this year, maybe midway through, I consciously decided to try and open the box a bit more and really understand more about what what it means, you know, what 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 the disease is, who it affects um So yeah, then I I got in touch with some researchers, um, and there's a really lovely researcher named uh, Dr. Patricia uh, Masterson from Wales in the UK, Um, and I was part of a study with her about how we engage young people uh, who are relatives of people living with uh, younger onset, Um, and she mentioned Diana, she said you need to connect, they've got a youth summit, I've never heard of such a thing, and I signed up that day, and then I think within the next day or two, I was on a call with Diana, and yeah, I think just for me, it was the first time I ever spoke to people with shared experience, uh, which is profound. Like, I don't class myself as a carer. My sister is the hero. Um, it's But for me, it's just been a massive help to to actually acknowledge what it means, but try and be part of a movement that's that's trying to help other young people going through similar things. Um, so, yeah, just really, really happy to be part of this extended family, albeit from across the pond. Um, but, yeah, it's 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 nice to actually face the reality rather than keep it, keep it sort of within.
0: Great. Thank you. Uh, Jessica, how about you? Do you want to talk about your loved one at all? And then tell us how you got connected.
5: Sure. So, um, I, um, so when I joined learns of how two use like about, uh, one and a half years ago, it was, um, a bit ago, but, Um, before that, um, I just remembered that my dad was like different and I felt like kind of alone, like not many other 11 year olds at the time I was 11 have this parent that is more like a child than a parent and you kind of have to take care of them in a way. And it was weird and I kind of felt alone and different and I felt like no one really got me. And I was and I tried like talking to people about it. And but people just thought my dad was like, losing his keys or something. And then like, I knew some people who had like a grandparent with Alzheimer's, but it was a little bit different when you're living with a parent that has Alzheimer's and it's your dad. And then, um, but my mom, since um, she's older than me, she got to find some um, people that she was able to talk to and at first it just started out as like like kind of like um some other people who have like a husband and or some other kind of a lot of them weren't even early onset it was just some other people that she talked to but then she got connected with um a woman who mentioned Lorenzo's house to her once she heard that I that she had a daughter. And then um, my mom showed me like, I had just missed the youth summit and my mom like showed me the video of the youth summit. And um, I just learned um, what it was about. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. They actually do have something for the youth. And so um, after that, I started going to the light clubs and I was able to attend the next youth summit. And it was awesome because I really felt like I had found my place. Well, that's great. I think so
0: often, um, you know, I've gone into the schools to speak and I I was shocked how many, how many kids are dealing with this, but no one talks about it. And so often what I would hear from them, and I'd be interested um, to hear from you guys, a lot of families don't tell you all the details of what's going on, but the whole family dynamic changes. And what I, what I always heard from the kids was that they wanted to help, but they didn't really know how, because they didn't really have all the, all the details. Shyla, did, did that happen to you?
3: Um, Yeah. So my family and I, we didn't talk about my dad's diagnosis for a really long time. And the reason why is because we just felt like people wouldn't understand. And I didn't even open up to my best friends about this until like three to five years into my dad's diagnosis. And I don't want to say it was out of a place of embarrassment because I wasn't embarrassed, but I just, I couldn't find anyone to connect with me. And I, I didn't know what to say. And it was just one of those things where I just, I just didn't open up about it till later on. And then I finally was just sitting in my room and I was like, you know what? Change is not going to happen if I don't open up about this. And you know, I I felt such a feeling of loneliness and isolation. I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this, and I'm I'm not going to be afraid to speak out anymore. And that's kind of where my blog came from, and just me kind of speaking out about it. So yeah.
0: Oh, thank you. Very very powerful comments. I I think so often parents think we're protecting our kids by not telling them the whole story and stuff, but it gets confusing because you're seeing everything unfold and not only is your life adjusting until your loved one you're caring for but you see your other parent adjusting as well the whole family dynamics and when it's not talked about it just kind of bubbles in and you know that's what I've heard from the kids well how about you
4: yeah so so for me I have no real I mean, I had grandparents who had, you know, kind of what, what we picture more as what Alzheimer's is and looks like. And uh, so I think the, the first stage really was was denial. Um, I think my mum got a second diagnosis because she was, I would describe it as very headstrong, so she kind of hurt her instinct just to say, I don't think I've got this thing. Um, but then, then once we kind of realised it, it, there was a kind of gray area in, in family dynamics where she didn't want to acknowledge that she had it. So we couldn't talk about it really like publicly uh, to friends because she didn't want certain people finding out about it because she saw through, through a church she went to how older people would be treated differently the moment they had a diagnosis. Um So she wanted to just for a period of time, live her life as an, as a normal person so she could be treated normally. Um So, so that was challenging because it meant we suppressed, you know, our, our reality of that, but since she's, you know that's evolved massively, and and she's now really kind of getting involved in in being a part of of change. But yeah, you know, similar maybe to the the, the turning to a blog or, or you know for me it was it was turning to to trying to fundraise for organisations like that, that was my way of. But I couldn't state it, it was my mum at the time because she didn't want people to know. So I was going a loved one, a close loved one, and and my friends are going, Who, "Who's this? you want on as his grandparent?" And I'm like, "No, it's just someone close." um You know, but that that was how I dealt with it really.
0: Okay, thank you. Jessica,
5: how about you? So, um, I definitely agree with both of them. Like, um, I definitely did feel alone and isolated. And, um, like, for a while, I definitely, um, didn't talk to it about, I I didn't talk about it to friends, because I just felt like no one would get me even like my closest friends. And like, and um, I just felt almost kind of awkward and uncomfortable and I would drop sometimes like I was just like oh yeah I'm watching my dad today so that way my mom can go out for a little bit or something like that and they would just look really confused and I was like trying to like oh yeah my dad kind of has like um a uh, like he has like um a younger type of Alzheimer's or like and i I kind of tried to, like, tell them a little bit about it, but I never really, like, opened up a lot. But then, like, um, I just noticed later into the um, diagnosis, I started feeling all of a sudden a lot more comfortable to open up. And then I was started, like, I, I went ahead and I told my friends kind of what it was about and what was happening to my dad and, like, how it affected my life. And they started to, um, I think they kind of were shocked. They were they didn't know I was um, hiding or not hiding. I guess they didn't know I was going through all of this and they weren't really sure how to respond and how to react and I but I knew from then I was like I think opening up and if you use it's a little bit hard to explain but if you can explain it I think they understand a little bit more And my friends don't still don't fully understand sometimes they still just think my dad's a normal guy or whatever um but they understand a little bit more and I just I'm starting to think it's important to get the word out there, even if it does mean that I have to share, you know, I really think I now see um, that it's just, it's really important to show people what this is. Oh, definitely.
0: I remember interviewing uh, two, they were two Girl Scouts, and they had done a, a project to help get to know person with dementia kind of do this legacy piece and it was really interesting because it was two best friends that were both dealing with it one with a parent and one with a grandparent and they had never told each other for years and then one day um, one of the gals was just really sad and she finally confessed what was going on and then that's how they kind of created this program but it was like that's how uncomfortable this conversation is and what our audience needs to understand. We've got to bring this out into the forefront because it's just not healthy for anybody. And we can't get the services that are needed if we don't talk about it. So kudos you know, to all of you guys for really stepping up and stepping out. And Diana, for your, your vision with this is just absolutely brilliant. It really is a huge, huge gap in the industry.
1: I just want to reiterate what you said, um, Lori, and uh, Shyla and Jessica, and Will, thank you for being so brave, you know, for giving us, and people are going to watch this, your personal story, and finding the space, and finding the words, and finding the courage, and finding the time to know that other people need to hear this and not, it is it is a journey for all of us, whether you are 56 years old or whether you are 13, to be able to peel back this, this new identity and then find your space and find your footing and say, well, what am I going to do? How am I going to respond? And I think that segues into when we talk about Lorenzo's house we we the idea was that metaphorically you would walk through the doors of Lorenzo's house and everyone in the family was was supported our youth through our youth initiatives our care partners spouses the primary care partner and our loved one living with the diagnosis as I said we are very very small but we are growing faster than we imagine so we need help we need support we need grace but one of the things that we've done I think And it's kind of using our youth as a compass and using the voices of our families as a compass is that we are building out through the lens of our youth of all those of that entire vision of supporting the whole family. We can't do it all at once, but I think this youth component is where we are leading it's like we're leading with that, Um, and we have, you know, three really interesting sort of initiatives and programs Our light clubs, which someone here will talk about better than me because, and then our youth summit and a new evolving and budding initiative called shifting the narrative, shedding light on stigma. Mm -hmm. Um, And then our young professionals board, that's not an initiative, but those are sort of four new sort of anchors of building blocks for at Lorenzo's house. And the last thing I will say and, and, I, and I maybe I should say this later, but what we have found, what we have found is that our youth probably have it the hardest. Meaning when we hear this diagnosis, when family absorbs this, this new lifestyle, we are all trying to figure it out. The culture in the family shifts, the dynamic shifts, Life kind of turns upside down. And yet we still keep our lives busy and our loved one would want us to move forward. And But our kids, our young people probably have it the hardest, yet their voice is the softest. Because not only did they see their mom or their dad who's struggling with this very complex diagnosis, they also see the other parent compromised and trying to just find their way and they're kind of caught in the middle trying to be like, they have to have, they have an S on their chest. They're a little superwoman or a Superman every day. So we're here to, to show that love, to give that sense of community. Like you're not alone. You're not alone. Somehow we got this, you know, never, never alone, always united. So our kids have it the hardest yet their voices, the softest, I think is really how we lead with our initiatives.
0: And I think that that's a really important comment. I, I know when I got into this space in 2009, um, you know, I focused on the family caregiver, the primary, and the person diagnosed because they weren't heard, even back in 2009, and and yet we need to hear everyone's voice and to carve out a specific niche, and to give a, a safe, comfortable space, um, which is needed. And a lot of times, I think initiatives start. Um, And they've got great ideas, but if you don't have that safe, comfortable, authentic space where people can really be honest with their journeys, um, I think you're doing a disjustice for who you're trying to serve and you're really letting people tell their stories. And I think that's one of the best ways to change the narrative because people can relate to storytelling and, you know, these aren't made up stories. These are real life, everyday things, and they come wrapped in all kinds of emotion and to be able to have people who understand that, who you don't have to worry about a misstep or how am I going to be perceived? Because they get it at some level mm-hmm. because our, all of our journeys are much more similar than different. And I, I think, you know, that's one of those things that just applies to life in general. And you guys are being forced to adjust to some pretty hairy things at a really young age that even, you know, grown adults struggle with. But to me, it is really exciting to see uh, you guys having this space and to be able to step up and step in and claim, claim your journey, you know, and, and be able to do something about it and be a force in the future. So Shyla, I want to ask you, you had mentioned that you're going to be the MC for the um, third annual youth summit. Um, which is coming up, I think it's June 17th, if I'm not mistaken. What the heck is the summit? Why don't you tell us, you know, what does that entail and how do people get involved in that?
3: Um, Yeah, so I think attending the youth summit is a great way to kind of see what Lorenzo's house is all about and there will be youth from all over the world kind of coming together and uh, connecting over a shared experience and it's an event that should not be missed and I think it really will have a positive impact on the youth and also there are many sessions that are going to be held during this youth summit so I just wanted to take a moment to kind of mention some of the partners of Lorenzo's house and some of the sessions that we they will be leading so we have Yale University Art Gallery, who will be leading an art session. And we've got <coughs> Tipa Snow HFC, Us Against Alzheimer's, who will be leading uh, Techniques Through Understanding. And we've got Chicago Medicine, uh, going over mindfulness and storytelling. And uh, shifting the narrative, bringing light to stigma. So we've got Alzheimer's Disease International, Alzheimer's Society of Canada, the London School of Economics, and some other partners as well um, are the Younger People Living with Dementia and Dementia Society of America. So there's some really great stuff that's going to be done uh, during this youth summit. And I think it's just a great way to just find people and, you know, to ease those feelings of isolation and loneliness and just to come together and um, I think Bree can comment on this but people I think can sign up if they go to the website but I think Bree can probably elaborate that on a, a little bit more.
2: Yeah um, you can sign up on our website at lorenzoshouse.org um, under our youth initiatives and really if if you are a youth who has a parent who is living with or has lived with uh, younger onset dementia between the ages of 8 to 30 years old. We have tween, teen, and young adult groups. If you know anyone, please spread the word. Um, as as Shaila mentioned, it's we're really bringing youth together um, to have a place to, you know, connect, a place to be seen, be heard, be united. Um, just to even give a little background, and Diana briefly touched on this earlier, Lorenzo's Youth Summit was originally started as a virtual camp um, in our first year in 2021, now turned summit to attract that older um, audience, the young adults. Um, and this idea was started um, by Diana and Lorenzo's son, Lucas. Um, and as Diana mentioned, too, youth are so overlooked uh, through this journey, and they really do need that place. Um, our first year, we started with 20 youths um then we went to 43 youth in our second year and now this year we're projected to have 80 youth from all across the globe and the summit is as shyla mentioned too like sh- she's she's leading this day the summit is co-planned co-facilitated by our own youth they are paired with um an expert like partner in the space leading each of these sessions um so again if if, if you know anyone please spread the word
0: Oh, definitely. We'll be pushing it out. I think it's amazing um, what you're doing. And I I love that you're allowing the youth to be part of the planning and, and just the thick of things too, instead of, um, you know, sometimes organizations get up and tell us how we're supposed to feel and what we're supposed to do. And when you lead with someone on that journey, I, I think it's a whole different outcome. And I think it makes it more comfortable for people to step into that space, too, because it says you really get it and you, you understand the importance and the power of the voice. Jessica, I'm going to go to you because I'd like to hear a little bit about the light club that Lorenzo's house has. And, and if you can tell us why that is a special place and and, um, you know, how long you've been attending that.
5: Yeah. OK, so um I started like a little while ago, and I just loved it. So, what we do, um, we do a lot of stuff that just helps the youth. So, um, every Like club, we're given an opportunity to talk, share stories. We first just like check in how we're doing, and then, um, um if needed, we um say what happened this week that was a bit challenging, and then, um we also every light club we normally take um a couple minutes to do some kind of like guided meditation and like um tessa who is um the leader of my group she like taught us about how like um kind of just taking a minute to take deep breaths can clear out your brain and help you to think properly in hard situations so we're just taught to like take a minute to breathe and relax um they also teach us um what's going on in our parents brains because while we know the emotional aspect it also sometimes can help us a lot to know what really is happening i know in my group um in one of our sessions we were like do um we were taught a little bit about how like their brain age level kind of goes down and like I know for me, it's really interesting and it really helps me on my journey when I'm like helping my dad and stuff to like really understand um, what is going on in his brain. And um, so, yeah, and then we're just given, we're able to vent and sometimes we journal too. So we're really like um, taught and then sometimes we have like um, cool people come, like we have this um drama guy who comes and he teaches us fun exercises that help us like um like improv like improv like you it really helps when you have someone living at home and they might say something really random and so we like are able to just um learn a lot and also just spend so it's an awesome space for um our youth
0: Oh, it sounds wonderful. And, um, I, you know, I love that you're bringing people in as well to, uh, to, uh, to help them learn. And then the, the self-care too with the meditation and the breathing. Um, I, I think that's something that so many adults need to have <laughs> as well. And I would love to see that being taught in our schools at a, at a much younger level. And I know they're starting to do that. But those things are really, really helpful. Um, So, so kudos uh, for you. What, what kinds of comments, Jessica, are you hearing from other kids that participate in this or young adults?
5: Honestly, I think, um, well, when I'm on there, um, it's pretty cool because people are able to share stories and talk. And there's so many different um, stages that everyone's all at. I know there's some youth who are talking about putting their care person in assisted living, while there's others who are talking about just accepting and just their parent just getting diagnosed. There's all kinds of different stages, but it's awesome because the people in later stages can help out um the ones who are just getting used to it because they've been through that. And like it's just an awesome community. And while we're all at different places and stages with this disease. And we're hearing all different kinds of things from the youth. Everyone, I think, is able to enjoy and really feel like they're um, being understood and they're connecting on this.
0: Now, is the the light group open to all
5: ages? We have some kind of different Mm -hmm. groups. And we have, so we have like um, three main groups um, of light clubs. So we have like um, I don't remember the exact ages, but I think it's like um um pretty little kids to like twelve. And then we have um I think it's thirteen through like I think it might be seventeen, something like that. And then I bet um Bri and Diana can tell you the exact ages, but um then so we have these three main groups and there's like so we have like teens, um, kids and we have um kind of a young adult light club group and um so we every other week um we have a light club and um so one week we have um our separate groups and then the next time we all get together as a big group so we just like we swap off between those two things so we're able to connect with kids our own age but then we're also able to talk to everyone and see where everyone is at and all the youth and come together okay great brie did
0: you want to define the groups that you have
2: yeah so um jessica did an amazing job is just explaining as to you know her experience in light club and what light club is all about um but light club is really um it was from just see, yeah, to go back a bit too, like light club was started in our first year after our youth summit. Our youth really came together and they're like, How can we continue this support? We need this space to connect and feel heard because no one understands us. We need that ongoing support. So a few of the youth came together and they're like, Okay, how about this idea of a light club, more of like a hangout? Where we can just talk about whatever's on our mind. It doesn't even have to be, you know, dementia related, but it's really a safe, brave space, uh, virtual hangout for tweens, teens, and young adults uh, who have a parent who is living with or has lived with younger onset dementia. Um, youth join in from all across the globe um, just to really connect with one another, have fun, share common stories. Um, and as Jessica mentioned, um, you know, it meets on the second Wednesday for age specific groups and on the fourth Wednesday for full group of all ages of youth. And um, we say, you know, you can join with your camera on camera off, like participate as little or as much as you want. Showing up is, is just enough. Um, and, you know, this just to get another give another example of what this space is one of our youth shared of how grateful he was for this space to connect with others because he felt like he couldn't share his thoughts or emotions with anyone. And also he felt like he couldn't share that with, um, his parent that, that is not living with the condition because it would be, um, like a burden, um, and didn't want to put his, uh, his emotions what he was feeling on his mom, who was caring, was the main, uh, caregiver for, um, you know, his father for her husband. Um, So really having this safe space to share openly without explaining has really supported him on this journey. And I know for so many others.
0: Great. Uh, One question I have for you, um, and I know we, we hadn't discussed this prior, but I think it's an important one, is if a parent passes, can the kids still be part of the group? Because a lot of adult groups say, nope, your journey is over and you're you're kind of kicked out of the group and you know I know that that can cause a lot of harm to people because that's been their lifeline.
2: Yes, if if any of our groups if you've lost a spouse, if you've lost a parent, we have people still joining our groups and that's okay. This journey does not stop once our loved one has passed. You and as Diana shared, you are always on this journey you you are still walking this journey no matter what and you still need that community to support you and our our families welcome we are a family at lorenzo's house every single one of the families within our community welcomes everyone with open arms and that's how we treat everyone
0: wonderful i'm i'm so glad to hear that because uh, uh yeah there's there's just different stories for different groups and stuff out there but it's just absolutely critical to to keep that community um, build. Well, I want to ask you about this, um, uh, this shifting the narrative, you know, bringing light to the stigma initiative. Can you can you talk about that? What What's that all about?
4: Yeah, sure. So um, as part of the, the summit, we will uh, we've kind of designed this, this uh, kind of workshop and session uh, with uh, ADI, Alzheimer's Disease International and the Alzheimer's Society of Canada. We've had a lot of great minds, including a lot of youth helping shape this. And kind of the the idea of bringing light to stigma especially defining what stigma is and how it shows up in in our lives because it's not only stigma of of the person that is living with with uh, you know alzheimer's but it's also the, the caregivers as well like this kind of it's a two-pronged stigma and and you know it's how do we find how do we acknowledge and bring light to what identify to how to identify stigma in our lives but then also how do we have uh, the community and the young people share approaches to overcome um, so it's it's everyone in the space you know has their own experiences of how they cope on a day-to-day but then with the the kind of partnering with these kind of organizations and their previous research we can really try and consolidate that and, and have kind of some techniques to to firstly identify and then overcome these these challenges um, but it's it's we're also trying to use it as a way of supporting those organizations to gather information about you know, the realities of young people and realities of younger onset. Um, so we're using uh, ways of tracking data so we can help inform some reports that are coming out, I think, later on down the line. But really, it's empowering young people to to spot it and then how to feel, you know, confident to cope and, you know, turn, turn stigma into strength.
0: Wonderful. What's your What's your greatest hope for this initiative?
4: Uh, my greatest hope is is for people to have more confidence in understanding right from wrong that it 's not just okay to feel bad sometimes you know that the stigma is like a cloud over you um It just feels like it 's a bad day, but you know having the ability to to spot it and you know even whether it 's taking some deep breaths or acknowledging that you know it's it 's okay to feel this way or to confide in someone at a light club or you know whatever the approach is it's basically how do we have confidence to know we 're not alone? And also the importance to to share our voice because it does matter.
0: I think that's wonderful. You know, I keep hearing, you know, about sharing the voice and not feeling alone. And those, I think, resonate with anybody at any level of this journey. And I think to me, that's the critical piece of, of helping people live graciously alongside this disease. I mean, nobody would wish this on their worst enemy Um, But there are things that we can do to make it much better and for us to become much better people and look at the world a little bit differently too, in terms of how, how we react to things.
1: Thank you, Will, for so um, eloquently sharing the shift the narrative initiative. I just would like to build on it just for a half a second, which is the overall sort of idea of Lorenzo's house is to shift the narrative. Mm -hmm right and is to this idea from from isolation to connection you know from from sorrow to 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 bits of joy to from from stigma to strength from dark to light and one of the things that we were finding is that our young people not only wanted to find ways to just even beyond cope but live in their homes and live in their new space with, with, with a parent, with, with living with dementia in ways that they could really be an instrument of, um of, of the, of light and, and, and joy and, and strength. They wanted to be that instrument, whether it's like Jessica said, you know, I now know what it, you know, how to use improv in my kitchen, you know, or, or Will saying, look, I now know that I'm going to do some some crazy runs because that's going to help me be better for my family somehow and I'm going to bring attention. One of the things that I think kept resonating was this idea of justice, you know, like young people and we all want to kind of lean on, fight for whatever the language is, justice, justice for our parents, justice for our families. Like this sense of people living with dementia need and deserve to be full members of society and go wherever they want to go be whoever they want to be both our loved one my Lorenzo and my sons and me and so this shift the narrative this idea of stigma is young people saying how are we going to erase this How are we going to people how are we going to cancel stigma how does it, what does it look like to just erase it because we're so strong we're so good at sharing our knowledge. And that, do we believe that we can do that? Like we have to first believe that, gosh, maybe we can end stigma. So let's plant some seeds. And our young people are doing that. And that inspires, I think, our young people to say, God, I'm a part of something. And I'm responding to so often a situation that feels hopeless. And if we feel hopeless, that, didn't, that isn't, that isn't going to work, right? How do we just shift that whole piece? So this is also about justice, and that whole stigma piece is just being driven by again the lens, the voice, the, the compass of our of our young people, and 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 just so when we say dementia, when we say Lorenzo's house, the umbrella of dementia, has Alzheimer's, FTD, Lewy body, whatever form of dementia, everyone is welcome at Lorenzo's house because while we all experience and while this shows up different in our homes we all had a common thread of similarity and commonness on our journey. So um, I just wanted to share those, those, those thoughts.
0: Well, I, I, I'm going to add on to what you said. I, I just think it is really important. I mean, and what you're doing is you're helping the kids really get involved in um, collaboration, the sense of community and the creativeness of how do we, how, how do we tackle this? And I think so often in society, creativity is squashed. And no, you have to do it the way we've always done it. And and, you know, you guys are screaming, it's not working. (laughs) We need something different out here. And you're, you're open to listening and trying different things. And I think, I think that's beautiful because when people's hearts are in it and there's so much that our youth have to offer, And, and uh, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing, but we have to, we have to give them the space to be able to feel safe enough to experiment and try uh, different things because not everything we do is going to succeed. And, you know, but again, it's, it's learning if it didn't work out quite the way we wanted it, it's about shifting it and learning from that experience. I mean, that's life in and of itself, constant adjustment and um, being able to frame that different, that it's not about perfection, it is about progress. And it is, uh, you know, how these small steps can be life changing for so many people, um, especially when we merge together. So thank you. Um, Shyla. I want to go up to you and ask you about how do you think Lorenzo's house is different from other initiatives and things that are out there?
3: Yeah, so Lorenzo's House is different because it really focuses on the youth. And, you know, there's a lot of organizations out there um, that that support uh, care partners, which is really awesome because we need that. Mm -hmm. But we also need something for the youth as well, because the journey of a youth who has a parent or guardian uh, with younger onset dementia, it's a very unique one. And not many people can understand that. And um, this is something that needs to be recognized. And I believe that Lorenzo's house really does recognize this. And um, youth just need a safe space to kind of open up and to share their stories. And um, speaking from personal experience, uh, when I was going through this, I reached out to um, some Alzheimer's organizations and I Ask them. I'm just like, is there anyone else who is going through the same thing as me? Like, can you connect me with other youth? And it was really hard for them to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually, I, I have never, I did not meet any young caregiver before, kind of um, being involved with Lorenzo's house. I, I didn't meet anyone else who is going through the same thing as me. And so it's just, yeah, what Lorenzo's house, what they're doing, it's it's really important, and it is so so needed in the community. Um, for us to kind of feel seen and to find people that are going through the same things that we are. Well,
0: and I think so often services follow, you know, the money trail of who can donate and, and who has a voice. And when, when the youth hasn't had a, had a place to have a voice, you know, that, that kind of shuts it all down. But I think Diana said in the very beginning, this is not a disease of one. This is a disease of family. So we have to be inclusive, of everybody in the family with that. Um, Jessica, you've made some new friends, I believe, through Lorenzo's house. And is there a short, is there a story there that you want to share
5: with us about that? So yes. Um, So um, fun story. Um, So I was, um, I've been with Lorenzo's house for a little bit. And so one day, it was actually during one of my swim meets, my mom was um, just listening to um, one of her support groups and she heard someone say that they were from a part of Utah that's very close to us and um, she, they exchanged information and um, they decided to get together and they talked to each other and they found we found out that um, she has two kids um, they're a bit older than me but um, there's these kids that are also living with um, younger onto awesome was that we found out lived 20 minutes away and I got to get together with them and meet them and it was really funny because our actually our dads got to meet each other and we were both just able to laugh at the disease and laugh together when both of them couldn't figure out whose kids were in a picture and we were just like it was nice to be able to have someone that close that We were able to talk to who understood it and who totally got it, and it was really nice to just be able to laugh. Like, well, we really are living in some ridiculous world, aren't we?
0: (laughs) Oh, that's great! It is funny how when the doors open up, it's kind of like when you buy a new car and you think you're the only one with that little red car on the street. Then all of a sudden, you're seeing them all over. But when those connections are able to bloom you realize how many people are all around you, have been around you, you just didn't know. The power of word of mouth, I think, is just um, one of the most powerful things we have. Sharing the stories, um, opening the door, welcoming people in, it's life-changing. It's absolutely life-changing when you're feeling so isolated and alone on this journey.
1: And I'll just add to that, you know, you know, we talk a lot of time in our light club and in our bright branches our our care partner um sessions for for primary care partners, we sometimes have topics around the laughter when do we laugh at with this diagnosis and that's a very tender conversation, and it is personal, right, and so much trust needs to be there. who gets to laugh and when is really about that care partner, their that care youth. And so when Jessica was able to find that connection, that closeness is so powerful because we don't laugh with anyone, right? It is a very unique, and everyone takes this differently and looks at it differently, but laughter and dementia, they, that's a, its own very kind of complex journey, but it was a beautiful thing that Jessica was able to, to have that with teenagers in her space because- that wouldn't necessarily happen with other teenagers in her community, right? So thank you for being so brave to share that story because um, it's complex and it's, and it's beautiful and it's all sorts of things. So,
0: Well, and you're right. Laughter is one of those things that's very protective, yet it's the core of most relationships. It's a very intimate thing. But when people are laughing, when they don't really know the situation, then it turns into a laugh at instead of laugh with. And, you know, and plus it can be a survival technique in terms of just getting you through, you know, the next the next phase there. Um, Will, was there anything else that you wanted to share about Lorenzo's house and what it's done for you?
4: Um, I mean, yeah, I suppose just by being part of it, albeit briefly, um, anyone in any of those sessions, whether it be Light Club or, or I'm sure Summit as well, just by signing up you're kind of immediately in a room of people that understand so there's there's none of this awkward I need to explain myself you know say as much or as little as you want and for me that's been the first time I've ever experienced that so it's it's been nice to to kind of make new brothers sisters and and you know from from all over the place but but just to know that we can talk about anything in life we just know that there's this common ground that we don't have to explain or have to you know so, so it's if you have to understand it in a room that is just there for you no matter what, that I think that's that's any of the programming that Lorenzo's house put on.
0: Well, that's, that's a beautiful thing, because I think everybody wants that and needs that, especially in the crazy world we're living in. Um, it, it, people are having a difficult time finding that. And that, uh, again, that type of support, that's the one thing I hear from people all around the world over and over to not feel alone, to feel supported, to feel understood, and to feel safe, you know, and again, when Willie, when you said, you know, you you don't have to describe it, people just, they get it. It's it's just this um, uncommon bond, you know, that is there and it runs so deep. And I, I think a lot of times, too, people, and I think it's gotten better since the pandemic, but there was a period of time where people thought, well, relationships on Zoom, those aren't really real. But they're very, very deep and very, very connected in in so many ways um Bree, i want to go to you um in terms of of wrapping up here and then up to diana but are there other programs or events that we should know about in addition to the youth summit coming up on the on the 17th
2: yeah so we have a few events and opportunities uh going on at lorenzo's house um but actually i'll start to we support the entire family through the journey and as diana mentioned Um, Any form of younger onset dementia, whether it be FTD, Lewy body, vascular dementia, any form of younger onset dementia. Um, We also support the care partners through our bright branches and our light lounges as well, um, as as well as our, you know, our youth support. Um, But as for our events and opportunities going on, if you're in the Chicagoland area or not, we are hosting an in-person family night at Millennium Hall, uniting friends in the space and families living with younger onset dementia. That um, event is on uh, Friday, June second. We also have an international uh, board at Lorenzo's House comprised of young experts in the space and uh, young people walking this journey. So if you're a young professional and wanting to get involved, reach out to us and learn how to start a chapter in your area. We have A few chapters starting up within uh, Dallas and LA and a few other places so if you want to get involved please reach out and then lastly we do have a 12-minute short film called uh, Shifting the Narrative, The Story of Lorenzo's House and this is um, a story that is just one of many which gives a look into Diana and Lorenzo's home sharing their story of their journey and the launch of Lorenzo's house so we're hosting uh, screening opportunities as a way to really bring light to the faces, these younger faces of dementia. So if you're interested in hosting the screening or to get involved with any of the events I mentioned, please reach out to us at info@lorenzo'shouse.org.
0: Great. Diana, why don't you uh, bring us to a close with, with thoughts and maybe some, some things that we missed in our conversation?
1: Thank you again, Lori, for having us. And um, I'm in awe of you, Shyla. I'm in awe of you, Jessica, and I'm in awe of you, Will. Thank you for being the light. You are so much, and you are the experts. You are the young people who um, are going to pave the way for yourselves and those who come behind you. Um, And Lorenzo's house is just just a bit of a vessel to, to help you do that and to help others do that. So Um, I think we have to be in awe of our youth and use our youth as a compass. And that's what we're trying to do at Lorenzo's house. Um, And we're grateful to be a part of this. Bree, I don't know if there's, I mean, it's follow us, volunteer with us, introduce us to people. We are a nonprofit. Donate if this makes sense to you. Get involved. Come to our family night. Spread the word. We're small. We're growing very fast. And we're doing everything we can to be really, really focused on what our community needs what our very niche community of younger onset families families who are walking with younger onset what we need because Lorenzo's house really is one of the only places that is unapologetically an organization that is just serving focusing concentrating listening to building for younger families living with dementia um and we cannot do it alone we we need a we need to be a force and 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 we need you need people who are smart and passionate to walk beside us.
0: Oh, definitely. Well, this has just been, uh, to me, a really exciting conversation, um, really shining a light on a gap um, in services that you guys have filled so nicely and have such a variety of of services that you're offering. You know, when we were talking initially, you know, we were talking about you know, meeting the use needs, but you're like, no, the the parents are welcome here. We support them on this journey as well. And, uh, you know, I I think that just the way you are approaching this, um, giving them voice, putting, putting them center stage, you know, to really talk about what are the needs and how should we approach this? And let's just open Pandora's box and pull back the curtain and make magic happen. Um, You know, it's really easy to do when you have that, that open heart to just improve the situation. And um, uh, like I said, kudos to all of you for the work that you're doing. Um, In wrapping up, I just want to make sure that everybody gets contact information. But I also want to play on on what Diana said. You know, a lot of times people, they might not have the time or they might not have the money to be able to support in, in different ways, but you always, always can spread the word you know so be a giver of hope like click and share this show go to their website like click and share you don't know who is in your sphere of influence that is dealing with this because people don't feel comfortable talking about it and we have to get this information out into the world so you know the more times people see something the more likely they're going to they're going to reach out and grab it and go Okay, this is a message to me, or it's just time, or what it whatever it might be. But you'll be shocked at how many people are dealing with this. And we're not gonna know that until we get comfortable as a society in terms of having a conversation about it. And then it just it just keeps spreading and the connections keep coming. And I think, you know, the world right now really needs support. And this is just a beautiful, beautiful way to to support and tell people you understand. You know, you you might not be walking the path yourself, but you understand that there's help and there's support and you want that for them. And that's a pretty big gift that you can give people. So please help them out any way that you can and and help those in your sphere to know about this information. You know, we've got to spread the knowledge. You can go to their website, lorenzoshouse.org. Uh, or you can email them at info at org. You can also call uh, 312-319-8797. And they are on Facebook and Twitter. They've got a YouTube page. Um, They're on Instagram they're on LinkedIn. So there's no excuse not to be able to connect with them. They are all over the place. So again, I thank each and every one of you for sharing your stories with us today and to our listeners. I appreciate you very much and help grow and support Lorenzo's house. Mm -hmm. Thank you.